Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Oh Listener God. discretion is advised. Well, good morning. It is morning. This is the first time I've recorded in the morning, and I'm so tired. I am drinking coffee, and again, I am going to draw a picture on my iPad of today's case. I have bought something else for me time, but I haven't figured out how to use it yet. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, in the next few episodes, I'll probably do something different instead of drawing. But tell me what you think and what else I could do while telling the crime. Okay. So I know I normally do Irish and British British, British cases only, but today there is a slight British element which I've probably put in the thumbnail or the title of the episode. It's not very Irish or very British today, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so let's get started. So today we are talking about Andres Escobar. Andres was known as the gentleman which is like such a good nickname, right? Like that's a good nickname to have. He got this as he was known for his clean style of play, as well as he was, as well as he was always very calm on the pitch. He was gentlemanlike. There are much worse nicknames in football. And I guess this is like my history or uh, geography segment, but did you know that Messi's nickname is the Atomic Flea? <laughs> I feel like I feel like that is like so rude because Messi is like quite short, right? Paul Scholes, he was known as the Ginger Ninja. <laughs> Michael Owen was known as Wonder Boy. Not a bad nickname, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Dwight York was known as the uh, Smiling Assassin. He must have had a scary smile, or maybe he smiled while he was playing football and it was like scary. <laughs> Francesco Totti, he was known as the Big Baby. He must have cried a lot. And David Beckham. Mm. Do you know what his nickname was? Probably do, right? So he was known as either Golden Balls or Spice Boy. <laughs> oh, who'd have thought football would be so much fun? So, like I said, Andre Escobar, he got his nickname because he was so calm and polite on the pitch, but he was also a calm, polite person off the pitch as well, also. Andres was born in Medellin, Colombia on the 13th of March, 1967. He grew up in a middle-class family who were also into football. Andres was a devout Catholic and would go to mass every day before school with his mother, oh, until her death at the very young age of 52. It's very young, I wonder how old he was. So Andre, he came from a football family. 
His father was a banker who founded an organization that gave young people the opportunity to play football. It was like a great way of getting kids off the streets, you know, and out of trouble. Play sports, get your energy and young prepubescent teenage energy out that way through sports. Andre's brother was also a footballer and the brothers played alongside each other. How great. Hmm? So, so cute. And eventually, Andre's brother would move into football team management. So, since a young age, Andre's was surrounded by football and he was good. He participated in many school football teams before achieving his dream of becoming a professional footballer. He played for the BSC Young Boys and Atletico and Atletico Nacional, for which he helped to win the 1989 Copa Portados. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> Eventually, he went on to play for the Colombia national team as a defender. And he proudly wore jersey number two. In the 1990 FIFA World Cup, Andres played in all Colombia matches. And he was getting a lot of attention. It was rumoured that Andres was offered a contract by AC Milan. And when the 1994 FIFA World Cup came round, he was called up to play again. On the 22nd of June, 1994, Colombia was up against the USA. Although Colombians love football, they were considered the underdogs of the World Cup. Not a very strong team. Passionate, but not strong. The team and the country wanted to prove their worth on the football world stage. Oh dear, this is when the, this is when the story kicks off. Ooh, is that inappropriate to say? Uh, yeah. So, Andres opens the scoring with an own goal. Like the first goal is an own goal. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sure you can find this own goal on YouTube. Also, I'll link it in the description, but we're going to watch it here on YouTube. Oh! Oh! Oh dear. Oh dear. So, as you can see, it kind of looks like Andres just reacted, which obviously you do in football. It's just all trained responses and reactions. So the ball passes towards him and Andres slides and kicks the ball into the Colombian goal. It like, and it goes straight in. It goes straight in. And you can see the other team's goalkeeper he like goes to stop it and then he sort of catches himself and he lets it go in. Like it's just reactions, right? But apparently Andre was trying to clear the ball, like kick it out 
but this but this doesn't happen obviously and he scores an own goal like can you imagine the feeling like the disappointment the guilt embarrassment of doing this like on tv on the world stage up against america all of well most of america is watching and oh, it's just mortifying for the colombian team and for andres so obviously the crowd is like oh, what no way <laughs> and a bbc commentator who was narrating the match i'm not too sure what the word is alan henson he goes that defender warrants a shooting for a mistake like that. What the hell? Oh dear. Taking it a bit too seriously. It's a game. So the match for Colombia just goes downhill from there. The US end up winning the match 2-1. to one. Colombia are eliminated from the competition. Even before playing their final match. The team left Colombia as heroes, but they returned as outcasts. Fans sent the team death threats, especially Andre. Andres, he didn't take the threat seriously. He knew he was in the bad books, but... So he said to the media, when questioned about these death threats, he said, In football, unlike bullfighting, there is no death in football, no one dies. No one gets killed. There is only pleasure. So I think you can see where this is going. Yeah. I know. It's like, obviously, it's not his last words, but it's like famous last words. Ugh. Here we go. On the evening of the 1st of July 1994, five days after the elimination of Colombia from the World Cup, Andres and his friends went to a bar in the neighbourhood in Medellin, his hometown. They seriously needed a night off, so they went to a liquor store before heading to a nightclub. Here, he and his friends split up. At approximately 3 a.m., Andres was alone in his car in the car park of the nightclub when, out of the dark, three men appeared. They began arguing with Andre about football, of course. Things quickly escalated. Two of the men took out handguns. Before Andres could run, escape, or defend himself, Andres was shot six times. This part is sick. After each shot, the killer shouted, Goal. Like, what the hell? Disgusting. Taking somebody's life for football? Over football. Over football. The group sped off in a Toyota pickup truck, leaving Andre in the parking lot to bleed out. Andres was found and quickly rushed to the hospital where unfortunately he died. He succumbed to his injury. His, he lost so much blood. Six times he was shot. The murder was widely believed to be a punishment for the own goal 
And the very next day, the BBC issued a public apology for Alan's comment. Obviously, he couldn't predict that something like this would happen, but not not cool that he said it especially hindsight like oh dude (sighs) the defender warrants a shooting for a mistake like that like what on earth like no you know and Colombia is famous for the drug cartels and thuggery and and violence is rampant, especially at this time in the 90s. Andre's funeral was attended by more than 120,000 people. He was loved, much loved footballer. Umberto Castro Manaz, a drug cartel bodyguard in Colombia, was arrested on the night of the 2nd of July, 1994. So, later that day, confessing the next day to the killing of Andres. Umberto was a bodyguard for the Colombian cartel, but he also worked as a driver for for Santiago Galan, a Colombian drug trafficker. I believe this is all covered in Narcos. I've never watched it. So Santiago had apparently lost like a lot of money he lost really heavy betting on the outcome of the game so he was pissed and was blaming Andres however when it came to trial Santiago and the other two men who were at the scene that night at the parking lot were acquitted Umberto was the only one found guilty or served any time for Andres murder and was sentenced to 43 years in prison. This sentence was reduced later to 26 years. I mean, 43 years is a lot, but I mean, you killed somebody over football. Um, and 26 is also a lot, so. And Umberto was eventually released on good behaviour because he was working and studying in the prison. I don't understand why you should have less time. Like, how is studying, how does that equate to less time? Like, we're going to let this murderer out early because he was reading, right? That's all studying basically is, right? Reading, you just read and read and read and do a test and read. Like, oh, he can get out early. He read a few books. Ugh. Ugh. So Umberto was released in 2005. And if you do the math, yeah, he only served like 11 years. 11 years. There were rumours that the Gallen brothers had bribed the prosecution office to like redirect the investigation towards Umberto as the trigger man. The prosecutor's office obviously denies this, contending that Umberto was following orders from the Gallen brothers, but they just lacked credible evidence to convict the brothers. Andres Escobar's girlfriend believes this theory, pointing out that Umberto killed a well-respected 
national celebrity and only served 11 years. Another cruel twist in this story is that Andres Escobar himself had worked so hard to promote a more positive image of Colombia, where not all gangsters and involved in the cartel. He was the gentleman off the pitch also. The country loved him and he was a role model. His murder tarnished the image of the country internationally, making Colombia look like hot-headed thugs. An image Andre worked hard on improving. Every year, people honour Andres Escobar by bringing photographs of him to football matches. In July 2002, eight years after the murder, the city of Medellin unveiled a statue in honour of Andres Escobar. His memory and his legacy will never be forgotten. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Um, very sad story. Slam!